This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Welcome to Music Fringe. Um. Welcome in. <laughs> Welcome to the Music Fringe. Oh, La Musique Française. Pardon. We have a very special guest today. Yes. Primo the Alien. Primo the Alien. All the way from outer space. People think it's because um, it's Spanish for cousin. Right. So a lot of people think it's it's um, it's Spanish or that I'm mean cousin. People will be like, hey, cuz. They always comment like, hey, cuz, on my stuff. Those few comments I get when I get them, you know. But people are always shouting you out like, oh, que onda mi primo. Yeah, all the time. So is this, are we working on your reel? Absolutely. Add some more. Come on, do another accent. One more. Well, we've got a very nice right, show today. Not bad. A little bit of cockney. Yeah. And we're a lot of British people will, will pronounce it primo. Primo. It, she's primo, the yeah, alien. Yeah. She came down from uh, East Rutherford Street. Yeah. And she got, you know, a very nice thing going. We'd have, you know, comparisons, maybe Robin, maybe Ooh. Olivia Newton John. Appreciate it. Early on. But these are things that we don't want to force upon you. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, just, I'm doing my own thing. I kind of just do what happens. Uh, but Primo is from, um, it's just like a play on the 80s. Like, oh, that's Primo, man. Some Primo bud. Bruh. I don't know if they said bro back then. They said Primo, Primo bud man. That's probably what they said. Yeah. That's some radical Peruvian Primo dust right Yeah, yeah, there, there you go. See, you're really, <laughs> you could do a super cut of this and you could be auditioning. You would be right going on auditions like left and right. That's the stuff. idea yeah. is to get out of my sanitation job and mm-hmm. onto something a little more creative. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're in the mob. Uh, import, export. Yeah. <laughs> we just, I work for a family based yeah, know, yeah. business. Family. Keep it under the table. Family. But I do want to welcome everybody to the Music Fringe. I am the music dilettante. My name is Lee. And here on the Music Fringe, we focus on micro genres, the specific genres of music that you probably haven't heard of, but your super geeky cousin who sits in the basement, plays D&D, and scours Reddit all day. These are the micro genres that he may be into. And what we're going to try to do is bring some of those dimes of wisdom and lay them out for you, the public, so that you can learn a little bit more about Inuit throat singing. What do you do when you run out of micro genres? They just keep springing up new ones. It just does not happen. Yeah. Yeah. It just keeps branching off. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I can jump on Reddit tomorrow and probably see, you know, Simpson synth wave, you know, or, you know, there's patriotic, you know, country core mm-hmm. line dancing. Cool. There's always yeah. something There's always pop something. it up. Yeah. And if not, you You'll know, make it exactly. I'll go home and, you know, just create a, uh, aquatic life with Steve Zissou drum and bass trance remix. Yeah. Do you and feel like you've learned a lot doing this? I guess like now you're like a musical genius almost. Uh, well, I've not, I've been a genius, you know, genius has been associated with my name for, uh, you know, whenever I can remember. But what I have learned is that artists themselves, you know, are typically confused by what genres they encapsulate and that, you know, when you come into your artist persona, usually you have an idea of like, okay, this is where I fit in, you know, the universe of things and here are people that are tangential to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as like verbiage and just putting labels on it, it is up in the air. It's usually very subjective and artists themselves are kind of like at a loss. Like, I guess I'm pseudo prog rock, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know where to, to go from there. So What's been fun is having artists on here and just going down that rabbit hole and kind of picking their brain like, oh, I didn't even know, you know, I was influenced by that or, you know, a Beatles song, you know, from the 60s is the keystone, you know, core of why I create music, random stuff like that. But um, definitely still learning, Mm -hmm. you know, as we all are in this weird. I feel like I don't know anything about music. Like, I mean, I make it. But I I feel like there's I just don't know a lot about. I listen to it when I can, but I'm always making it. Right. It's not like people you know people sit down at their desk to work or something and they put music on in the background or anything I'm doing is audio based and mm-hmm. so I can't. There's nothing and and then when I have time, I've been listening to so much all day. My ears are like dead, and I don't. So I I really feel like I don't listen to music that much. 
So you're just crazy. like, yeah, you're just root source from the heart. From the you groin, <laughs> mostly, but sure. <laughs> from the a below dash the of heart in there, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think below the groin is definitely... Below you know, the groin. I mean, I'm dead center on the groin. You're right. Yeah. You're targeted right yeah. into the groin, which is probably, you know, the best place to, you know, spring music from and, you know, have sure everything sourced I mean, from there. Life springs forth from there. Right? Absolutely. So, are we allowed to curse on this? Um, this show Absolutely. Here? Okay. I just wanted to double check. And you can talk about your loins as much as you'd like. Good. Um, but you did mention something that you you don't really study music. You're not going to try to like intellectualize what you're creating. But I do think with your music, the best way I would describe it is I like I would want to listen to your music after a hard workout at the gym, and I'm thinking about leaving. But then as I walk out with like a towel over my shoulder, and I look over, and there's a dark kind of like activity like dance room, mm-hmm. and I hear your music playing, mm-hmm. and I just wander in there, and I'm still sweating, and I start to dance and the lights come up a little bit and then suddenly there's like some gym you go to yeah there's another (laughs) woman in the rec room with me okay and all of a sudden we're just doing like power dance well okay (laughs) (laughs) that's like two steps further but for the time being we're just having like an 80s just Mm -hmm. you know music video moment where we're twirling each other we're dancing we're in spandex. I got my high shorts. She's kind of looking like Olivia Newton in that mm-hmm. physical video. And we're just vibing Did Olivia each other. Newton awaken something in you? Um, You've I mentioned just, her a couple of times. Is, there, is she? When I think of dancing to your music, like 80s fitness wear mm-hmm. comes to mind. Mm-hmm. And when I think of that, I think of Olivia Newton-John doing curls mm-hmm. in her physical video in her spandex. So she is kind of the iconic, you know, wellspring from where I think that comes from. But not to digress, I do think that your music is perfect for sweaty, emo dancing, um, alone in gyms, if you haven't targeted that. I don't know if you've... I'm yeah, I think that I think that's a great description. I mean, you could have ended the sentence after perfect. (laughs) But sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 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 uh, gets you moving. So I want it to be fun. And um, I don't you know, we're talking about dream pop today. I I love pop music. I listen to a lot of pop music. But um, my goal is to I don't like my music to be background music. And dream pop is a bit, you know, um, it's a vibe. I'm not a vibe. I'm like, I'm like, you're going to listen to it Mm -hmm. and you're going to love it. Or you're going to be like, turn that shit off sort of thing. You know, so I don't know. So I guess it's like, it's a, it's a vibe, but it ain't, it ain't, it ain't a dream pop vibe. Right. You're not putting on Primo the Alien when you have a dinner party and you're serving fish and you need something to just occupy the background. Exactly. You're putting on Primo when... The after party. Yeah. The after dinner party. You've railed some Mm pre-workout. You're in the gym. You're sweating. All your hopes and dreams are right in front of you. You Mm -hmm. just got to reach out and grab it. Mm -hmm. And the only thing restraining you is that spandex that you just got Mm -hmm. on sale that's a little too tight, Mm -hmm. keeping you locked in. Yeah. Um, This is getting very (laughs) steamy. Per usual on the music fringe. Um, but I, I do think with your music, like there, you just hear it and you automatically have like a visual of kind of what's happening. Um, when you started, you know, making music, was there like a direct influence that flowed right into Primo the Alien and creating, you know, that project? Um, you know, I've always listened to, um, I love big big power singers. So, you know, Patti LaBelle, Tina Turner, Whitney Houston, um, Celine, you know, like the divas. Um, so I grew up listening to that sort of music and also, you know, a huge fan of David Bowie. Meatloaf is one of like my idols. Who lives here in town. Well, he's living, living here now. Uh, Yeah. He lives in Westlake. Oh shit. I mean, unfortunately he's disappointed me in in his personal (laughs) sort of life, but like his, his stage persona, um, and his work with like Jim Steinman and, and all that stuff. Like I'm, I'm just a very big fan of Meatloaf and the th- theatrical nature of it. Absolutely. Um, so I guess um, I wanted to make something. I've always, even before I, you know, I was doing primo stuff. I was my songs were always very um, belty and loud and and that kind of thing. But I just felt like I wasn't 
I was never finding the sound that I wanted when I was working with other producers. So I think the whole inspiration of, of Primo was me just doing everything myself. That's how it started. So yeah, I just started playing around beats and thinking, Oh, this is just for fun. I'll never release this. And then I made a few songs. and I was like, I don't know, maybe this is like kind of okay. This is maybe good. Maybe I'll put it out. And I did. And, and, and a few years later, here I am, you know, I'm the the queen. People call me the queen of Austin music. They say, oh, that, you know, yeah. she's she's changed the scene. She's changed the game. Um, you know, things will never be the same. And that was all just, you know, from a little just desire to play around and have fun. And, you know, there we are now. Absolutely. I've heard there's name changes due for different, you know, parks in town for Primo. Yeah, yeah. And there's a statue that um, it's bronze. They're they're not going to do it right now because they didn't want to do like dual COVID and they want it to be a huge thing. So um, probably like we're thinking like summer of 2022. Um, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Full. It's it's not just a bust. It's full full body. Well, they better lock you down before you're yeah. booked for VMAs or. Well, Grammys. yeah, I mean, I book it fast too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So because that that'll creep up on you, mm-hmm. but. Unluckily, we don't have a statue of, of Meatloaf here in town. And I know he didn't grow up here, but he lives here. But he lives here. And we should take that. We should take anything in Austin, honestly. We could do a, maybe maybe we could combo. I would totally be down um, to do us like holding hands, you know, and standing there. Or, you know, doing some kind of like a, like a really solid handshake. Yeah. Like, welcome to Austin. I'm the queen. You know, you're like welcoming, you know, like a king to town. Yeah. Um, something like that. I'll talk to the the sculptor. He's definitely, you know, he would have to be a large statue. There'd just be a lot of material right. that would have to go in. All right now. You know, it's don't, something that he would admit. Don't rag on my boy. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's one thing I love about him. So I'm a big fan of Elvis also. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have their photos all in my, like the entryway to my house is full. Every, the, the whole wall is full of people who inspire me and I look at it every day. And um, Elvis is one of them too, because not because of this, but this is one thing I like about them. Before I would play a show sometimes, I would go through my closet and be like, oh my God, I have nothing to wear. Everything looks terrible on me. I look fat, I look ugly, blah, blah, blah. You know, all the things you do that are stupid. Um, And I would look at this picture of Elvis in the jumpsuit, but when he was overweight and think like, fuck that. Like I'll wear whatever the fuck I want. Elvis still wore his jumpsuit when he gained some weight. I'll wear my spandex and everyone can just deal with it, you know? He and Meatloaf both. I always look at that, and they're just doing their thing. They don't care what they look like, and that's like what music's all about, anyway. So, yeah. That absolutely drug era Elvis. Yeah, he, he was doing his thing. Yeah, he he had the talent. He didn't have to care about the aesthetics anymore. Yeah. You know, people are gonna love him anyway. And him and his posse would fly out on private jets to get giant, you know, peanut butter sandwiches. Hell yeah. You know that that was the kind of life that we can respect from Elvis. But um, with Meatloaf, and in, in regards to his appearance, okay. he, he almost you know, didn't have a career because of it. And apparently when you know, he was looking for a record deal and he was coming up, um, you know, the greatest year in the game, Clive Davis. I went to the Clive Davis School of Recorded Music. Did you really? I did. That's I where I went to college had... at NYU. Oh, my yeah. God. Very cool. Did he ever pop in? He did. He gave a couple talks and he was around. His daughter was my advisor. Oh my God. Yeah. Lauren. Shout out to Lauren Davis. He is, anyway, he is the OV1, you know, the Yoda of recording. And he's also just a solid family man. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys who actually kept his integrity through like yeah. all this stuff. But one of his biggest fallacies, and he'll own up to this, is that meatloaf was put in front of him and he said aesthetically i just couldn't see it working well it worked baby yeah and (laughs) it worked clive he got left in the dust Mm -hmm. um shortly after that but you know when you talk about elvis and meatloaf and the aesthetics of you know getting out there and and just putting on music you know they made up for it with energy yeah which is very much present in all of your songs thank you you know and I, I think you're right on the money that any song that I've listened to by you is something that can't be ignored. It's something that automatically, you know, tickles the dance gene um, and gets that moving. But I mean, when you perform live, you know, is 
you mentioned that you go through like this laundry list of I'm not good enough. I'm, you know, you. I mean, every now and then, don't, don't get crazy. I mean, I, I know I'm amazing, so it's like it's like a fleeting <laughs> thing. You know, you kind of need a little inspiration sometimes. But um, my live show is insane. It's it's like that. It's like my music times ten. I think that's my whole like. I write music and make music to perform it live. It's not, you know, some people play live shows as a oh, you have to sort of thing. But mm-hmm. like, I feel that way about the recording part and the produ- production part. Really for me, it's just playing them live. Like as soon as I, as soon as I get a song even close to ready, I usually, even if it's not out, I usually put it in the set and want to, you know, see what happens and experiment and all that stuff. And it's a lot of energy, a lot of like jumping, running, lunging, thrusting, sweating, screaming. It's pop music, but it feels very rock and roll. It's very... Um, you know, devil make, I, I don't give a shit, you know, sort of vibe. And, and I did start Primo with the intention of being a female and being a producer, but also being very, I wanted to be like a lot of, of male producers and male artists that I like who are like, I'm fucking rad. And mm-hmm. if you don't like it, fuck you. And so the braggadocious sort of thing, I don't know. I just, it, I try to that's not who I am really as a person, but it's who Primo sure. is, you know? So does that just click when you're on stage? It's like, I am fucking Primo yeah. and you're going to feel me tonight yeah. and we're going to get after it. So when you've written a song, do you have like a litmus test, like a peanut gallery, like here are the Guinea pigs of friends that yes. I need to make sure they're sweating before the end of, you know? Yes. I always send it to, there's a few people I send my stuff to. And they will be honest with me. There are people who are who who know what I do and know and get what I want, and get what I want things to sound like. And they'll be like, sometimes say, "You can do more," or "This could be more." Oh, there's some real people. Uh, real, yeah. yeah. And they'll say like, "Oh, I love this part. I love that part. But this part, you could do. You could do more with this part." Like my my best friend Andrew is is that person for me. He just he loves pop music. He listens to music all. He never you. I can't have a conversation with him without music playing. It's just all the time he carries around a thing and is always playing music. So I really trust his opinion on stuff. And um, I usually ask him and he'll be like, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Or he'll be like, yeah, you can do better. And I'm like, yeah. And I, it's, usually, it's usually him and my friends saying to me what I already know, usually, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe I was trying to get a pass out of it, but I knew it wasn't, you know, sort of thing. Gotcha. Do they get like granular with it? And like, ooh, like intro's great, but let's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll Let's be like, I love chorus. that verse, but like the chorus could be more or. Gotcha. You know. Can yeah. we pull up Thunder and we'll take a look at. So your music videos are also, you know, obviously retro wave, you know, is one of the synth wave shoot offs <laughs> that you could throw out here. But there's a lot of 80s um, references and just fun aesthetics that definitely match, you know, the music. Um There she is. Oh my god. Waiting This was shot by Dorothy Bennett. Kiss me again. Have you ever done a music video without a leotard? <laughs> In my previous life. Yeah, I have. This was a huge. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk now, but yeah, yeah, you can this talk was over a it. huge challenge for me. I've, I'm not a dancer. I mean, I dance aggressively at all my shows, but I don't know how to dance. Um, <laughs> not a dancer. So this was a huge undertaking for me. My one of my best friends here in Austin, um, MC Glacer, formerly of Shy Beast, mm-hmm. uh, choreographed it and really like worked with me to make me. I just, it was so hard. <laughs> I was so scared. I don't get scared or nervous for performing ever but this I was like I felt like sick to my stomach to do this because I'm just not good at it and I don't like doing no one likes doing things they're not good at you know not good at dancing yeah not whatever this was I was like I can't do it I oh my god so embarrassing I just thought it was going to look so bad and be so embarrassing but I think it turned out um really nice well you absolutely fooled everybody who's looking at this you look Extremely confident in your abilities yeah, you to fake it. to neck roll. It's that Elvis and power stance. You know, it's that Elvis mentality. You got a TCB. Everybody needs to just have Elvis fat with his peanut butter sandwich in one hand <laughs> and a cigarette in the other, just in their living room instead of eat, pray, love, or you know, live, laugh, love, whatever it yeah. is. Yeah, 
Yeah. Let's just have fat Elvis it's everywhere. Big, it's a big inspiration. I mean, the thing is, like, also, you know, when you do, when you start focusing on a, telling a story and showing an emotion and and selling, you know, the, the the purpose behind the song to begin with, you you stop worrying about. You know, I didn't look in the mirror like the whole day. You know what I mean? I wasn't concerned. I'm wearing a fucking like panties and a damn crop top thing. And I literally, that was the farthest thing from my mind was what I looked like. It was more like, am I showing what I'm, is this, is this conveying what the emotion of this moment is and all those kind of things. Um, and I think that when you, when you perform that way, it's just, you know, more magical. Yeah, you definitely came off as authentic. I showed some of your videos to a friend last night, and she was just like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah, this keep is... showing my videos to people. That's what we. That's what I need. I need word of mouth. Yeah, people are panting at the end of it. It was pretty, pretty hot and heavy stuff. Oh, good, so, I love that. Yeah, and this note. <laughs> Church. I love. There is a lot of power coming through. I wouldn't call it. Would you call it power pop? At times, depending on the song, I think mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, the Primo sound is evolving. Cool. It definitely started very, very retro. Um, it's become less retro over time. Um, and I'm working on my new album right now, and it will be even less <laughs> retro. Um, but um, I think there, are, I think on this album, there's like a couple songs I would classify as power pop. Yeah. Gotcha. So the direction you're moving away from is. You're getting a little less retro and a little more contemporary. I wouldn't say I'm moving away from or towards anything. I'm just, it's just what I'm making and what ha- is happening, you know? So yeah. um, it's definitely not, I'm not, it's not like, I'm, oh, I got to get out of, I got to quit being retro. You know, I got to get mm-hmm. out of this. It's more just, I'm evolving. Yeah. Changing. Retro wave, synth wave. If you dial that all back, it, it kind of goes back to dream pop, which you know, if, if you want to be exact about it, you know, Dream Pop was first first mentioned in 1984. It was brought up um, by a band called A.R. Kane, who was signed to 4AD at the time, and they wanted a good way to describe their music. Um, but the, you know, predecessors to that, the origins of Dream Pop really lay in the wall of sound, Phil Spector, um, people can go oh, back Phil. to the Velvet Underground, um, a lot of those, you know, Beach Boys, Brian Wilson, you know, early psychedelic kind of mellifluous um, melodies set the stage for what, you know, would be dream pop um, that we would come to know in the late 80s and early 90s. And dream pop, just to characterize it, you know, is a large, loud, lush soundscape with sonic textures. Um, there's usually a lot of drum machine synthesizer samples, usually a female vocalist. A lot of, um, lot of l- lush guitars. Absolutely. You know? Ethereal. You a lot know, of reverb. ton of reverb. Um, you know, it's pretty much music that if you fell asleep in a garage full of open gasoline cans and woke up mm-hmm. and you're just fever dreaming, mm-hmm. this would probably come to you first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the, the, I think the description is great. It's dreamy music. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't listen to a lot of dream pop. But when I hear it in a movie, like, I feel like it's great for scoring and great for, you know, I, Dream Pop to me is like, it's like David Lynch, you know, what, what he scores with a lot of times. Um, and I think of it that way. If I do listen to it, it feels like a score to your life, sort of, you know. Absolutely. So David Lynch was one of the, you know, original benefactors of Dream Pop, I guess, in that he he locked on to the Cocteau Twins before they were the Cocteau Twins. Mm-hmm. So they were still trying to find their band name, and he found a song that they had written um, that he wanted to use in in his show. Um, what am I thinking of? What's his show? Um, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. So that was, you know, the first time that Dream Pop was blessed upon the public. Um, you know, it was pretty much David Lynch 
just reaching out to the Cocteau twins and saying, can I use this demo tape Mm -hmm. in Twin Peaks? And that became a big theme in the show. I'm not Mm -hmm. a huge Twin Peaks guy, but I I hear a huge Twin Peaks guy. Yeah. My name's Leland. And apparently there's a Leland on the show. Leland. He's not the best. Anytime I'm at a taco deli, the cashier's like, Hey man, Mm -hmm. Twin Peaks. Yeah. (laughs) Like, ah, no, no. Cool name. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of that series. I've watched it through several times Uh, in the whole soundtrack is like dream pop, like pretty much all of it. You know, there's like a couple moments where it's, you know, just kind of like score, score ish, but most of it's and they feature prominently, you know, a lot of them are like the touch tone of the scene. You know, there's a, there's a person doing something around this person performing like this dreamy pop ballad. Yeah, so he got his own like subgenre of dream pop, which is just like Lynchian, Lynch, Lynch pop, Lynchian pop. Yeah. Um, but some of the OG dream pop bands that you definitely have to throw out there are Cocteau Twins, um, Lush. Um, you know, I definitely throw out. Um, the problem is that it goes into shoegaze. Mm-hmm. Those dream pop and shoegaze are, are Venn diagrams of each other. They're very similar. Mm-hmm. Shoegaze maybe is just a lot more dissonance and um, guitar sounds and reverb. Um, but the bands that occupy both those spaces can usually be, mm-hmm. you know, classified in either or. Um, but were any of those '80s, you know, early '90s dream pop bands influential, you know, for you in any way as far as you know what? Cocteau Twins did, Twin Peaks. I think that sound is definitely, um, I mean, it's something that reminds me. I was a child in the 80s for a very small amount of time, but, um, you know, that that ran into part of the 90s and, and into, like, you know, my dad taped so much stuff off of, like, HBO and stuff, and we would look at VHS tapes that he had taped that were old, you know, different movies. So we, we did watch a lot of 80s stuff. And I think that vibe, that feeling that you get when you hear those things has been an inspiration for me and something like I've, I've chased like that feeling, maybe not necessarily that sound, but that feeling. Um, so, and I think of like the labyrinth soundtrack, Mm -hmm. there's like a lot of like that sort of feeling in the score. And, um, that, I mean, labyrinth is like my favorite movie of all time. So you forgot about hate to be so Cliche. cliche, but it is. I mean, we grew my sister and I grew up watching that and we watched it like at least once a week. It was always on. It was never not on. It was just a constant for us growing up. We could quote every single line and it was, you remind me of the babe. You remind me of the babe. Yeah. What babe? Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people, a lot of girls who told me that they grew up with that movie, you know, and I hope this is not too much information, but they would say that their sexual awakening was I don't think, I David think, Bowie. I think for, for many men as well. I think for anyone True. who watched that film ever as a child, there's no way you didn't feel a sexual awakening looking there's, at that man. First of all, he was so androgynous in it that I think men and women can, alike can agree that he was just the pinnacle. He was just walking sex, you know. Oh, rest in power. That man, I mean, I'm telling you, it's really fucked up is that the day David Bowie passed away, my brother-in-law was in the hospital and I was in the emergency room and he's fine. Everything's fine with my brother-in-law. But at the time it was like really scary and everyone's worried and everyone's like crying and stuff. And I was okay, you know, and then someone told me David Bowie died and I just started sobbing in the ER. Oh my God. I felt so bad because I was like, my brother-in-law's in the freaking emergency room and we're all worried. And I'm like, David Bowie, you know, anyway. Yeah. He awakened me. That's the answer. Yes. Early on. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think anybody who saw that crotch bulge in labyrinth, Mm. um, was woken up to a lot of different things. There's, you know, fantasy aspect to it, but the music music playing right into it. So that, and everyone talks about the weird shit from that. I mean, there's like that song, you know, you remind me of the baby, but there's also some really rad. I walked down the aisle to a song from labyrinth when I got married. Okay. Like, um, as the world falls down. Nice. I'll be there for you. Oh, that's such a good one. Anyway, there's a lot of really, really rad songs in that in that soundtrack too. Yeah, I feel like you know, cinema has a huge effect, mm-hmm. you know, on music and it guides it. And we mentioned that Lynch kind of brought dream pop to the forefront. Um, but you see that, you know, you see that all over the place. Um, you know, shoegaze, you know, was was brought in um, in the '90s. 
um, by a few, you know, directors that, you know, wanted to experiment with it. Do you ever see your music, you know, working with with any t- you know type of cinema or like a TV comedy show. yeah you know I mean I wrote originally a lot most of my songs originally were all funny you know like I was very funny with it and it was meant to be silly and um, actually my most recent I just put out a double EP one side is hard on the run and you can hear that on like Spotify and all that kind of stuff but the other side was vinyl exclusive it's called rock professor and those are again very silly. I mean, the song says, I'm the best fucking singer in this fucking town. Here I fucking go. I'm going to blow your minds. It's just a ridiculous song. Um, so I imagine it in like a, you know, a Jack Black-esque film or something. <laughs> and then like my more pop stuff, I guess, you know, maybe it's playing in the background of a party scene or something like yeah. that, you know. How did we not get that? How did we not get a School of Pop sequel Oh, wouldn't that be great? Or instead of just rocking out, everybody's just in sequins and like yeah. singing yeah. all the I'll classic have to make diva. The movie, you know, that's the only way. If you want it, you got to build it. You know, it starts here. Maybe a labyrinth. I don't know if we want to touch I've, that I've legacy. I've already thought. Like I've, I actually just had a meeting last week about. I'm writing stuff. I'm doing it. I'm doing it all. You know, I don't want. I'm I'm low. I'm no one. I'm a nobody. But I have big fucking dreams, and I want more than just. You know, I want it to be a whole thing, a whole experience. So I want a video game. I want a beer. I want an action figure. I want a comic book series, you know. I want a 3D, you know. Yeah, hell yeah. I want Altered reality video game where you can be me. Yeah. And you can feel like what it's like to be primo. Hang on to your asses, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can we go ahead and play this mortal coil? Um, so this is, you know, the first song that launched a thousand ships with dream pop, um, with the Cocteau twins and, you know, their influence would spiral into what we have today with M83, um, you know, MGMT, you could say came from there. still corners to Shaki Miyake. Um, are there any like contemporary dream, dream pop bands? That- Should I be hearing this? Oh, it's coming on. Oh, now. I hear it. Yeah, it's yeah. very soft. Are there any contemporary dream pop bands that like you absolutely love? It's hard to, it's hard to say cuz it's hard to classify these days what's like a lot of things I feel like the line blurs so much between things like I would consider to me people would consider the chromatics to be um synth pop I guess, but like I they feel like dream pop to me. That da, 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 that kind of just innocuous vocal yeah. The just very Ruth Radelaide, Cherry. Know, yeah. Cherry. Yeah. 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 She, she does that well. That's definitely very dreamy. Um, and that was all orchestrated by Johnny Jewell, who's mm-hmm. a Houston native. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, Houston claims Lyle Lovett and Chopped mm-hmm. and Screwed, but we got Johnny Jewell. Man, somebody get me with, if anybody out there knows Johnny Jewell, get me in contact with him, please, because he could, well, I feel like we'd vibe out. I think he's like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, he's, he's like, worked with my friend with um, with Rebecca um, from here, a girl from here. So the story behind this music video is they made the music video and the band absolutely hated it and realized that they're about to be put in the cookie cutter machine of the record industry. Um, and eventually, you know, disagreements on this music video would, would cause them to break up later on. This is but, a terrible video. Yeah. Like it's, it's, there's no doubt at all that this is bad. Like it's not it's not a subjective thing. It's it's 100% black and white. This is bad. They were very upset. They should be. They and should be livid. They should they should all be very mad. Yeah, we can cut it. Um, but it's what it did so do bad. is David Lynch took one look at this and was like, "I got it." He would love this. <laughs> it's so bad he would love it. No, I I'm a big fan of David Lynch, but sometimes it's like, "Homie, so when you Just talk about in a little bit, yeah, when you talk about bucket list people to work with, Johnny Jewell, he would be in my top twenty just to meet. Yeah, I would um, love to work with him. But as far as collaborating, I just don't think we would. But we probably wouldn't get along. Which would be good. Yeah. Friction would probably cause yeah, better. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Product. Yeah, because I don't like anyone telling me what to do. 
I don't. I want to be the one in the room that has the. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And he, yeah. you can tell he wants to be the one in the room. Yeah. That he, has the thing. To you're say. an instrument to him. And it's like, nah, bitch. By the end of it, maybe he could. Maybe he'd be a changed man. Maybe it would be beneficial for him. I don't know. Um, so maybe, maybe it's maybe it would be more for him than for me. Yeah. You know? Maybe he's down on his luck enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know he just brought in. Um, they just revived Sally Shapiro, Swedish. Um, new disco dream pop singer. Oh. In 2016, she said she had just had it with the music industry. Mic drop, signed off on social media. Mm-hmm. About six months ago, she just tweeted, I'm back. And it turns out Johnny Jewel had got out and brought her onto Italians mm-hmm. Do It Better. Mm-hmm. And so now she's part of that label. But I could, mm-hmm. I could totally see you being a part of that, but I could also see you being further outside of that. It's so weird. Cause I like I, Italians do it better. Like I appreciate it mm-hmm. and I love, like I love the aesthetic of it. I love, you know, vibe. but like I could never make that music. It would just make, it would like, I don't know. I've attempted at times even like Laura, just chill out. We're just going to do like a chill ass song. You know, we're not going to take it there. We're just going to be like right here the whole time. And I just, I don't have it in me. It always starts there. And then by the end of it, it's like, holy God, what did I do? You know, it's like ridiculous by the end. And it's just <laughs> like, I laugh. I laugh at half of my songs just listening to them because they're so, they're so self-indulgent, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I don't have the ability to, to not indulge them. I can't, I can't help it. I'm like a, an addict. Yeah. You know? That all coalesces so. though. Like you wanting to have fun with it, the comedy mm-hmm. that's in there, mm-hmm. just wanting to belt out there, not yeah. be background music. Um, it all coalesces into a, a quite dynamic force that we're seeing Appreciate play out that. live. And yeah, Thank you. Um, in Austin here. But I have seen that you, you know, collaborations in Austin. I don't see too many artists, you know, that would, that would fit you, mm-hmm. you know, perfectly. Um, but when you do talk about synthwave, you know, Austin isn't the mecca for that. No. You know, maybe you've got you've got Survive and a few of those mm-hmm. other electronic bands There's from There's another guy here that's pretty popular, but he's just not really making anything anymore. I can't mm-hmm. remember his name. We like we talked a little online, but he's just out of he's he's kind of done with it. Um, yeah, so there's a couple people, but it's really not, you know, a mecca for it. It's, it is very international genre too. Mm-hmm. Most of my listeners are international. Yeah. Um, Austin in terms of like my monthly listeners are, it's like way down the list. It's, Good for it's you. like Moscow, yeah. uh, you know, Sweden, Finland, England, you know, Netherlands, stuff like that. Mexico city, you know, cool cultures, cool spots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where I play all places I can't go right now, which is, you know. Well, fuck Austin. If you can make it in those cities, then yeah, you're yeah. guaranteed. Well, that's so frustrating about it. It's like I live here. You know, this is where I work. This is where I live. This is where, you know, I, I'm a part of this community. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating to feel um, so much success in, in other places and not and not and not the same support in your own. Right. You, know, and you backyard. just want to scream at the audience. Yeah. Like, I would be selling out Moscow right now. I don't but- even want to scream at the audience. I want to scream at the people who keep my music from the audience. You know, I. At the end of the day, you know, there are gatekeepers in every, you know, genre and every city and everything like that. But I do think, you know, um, it's imperative that we play all sorts of music on our local radio, that we cover all sorts of music in our in our local news publications and music publications and blogs and all that stuff. So appreciate you having me here yeah. you know, to talk because it does feel like a very it's a guitar town and it feels very if you're not making like. You know, if your song doesn't have little links, like vampire weekend guitar licks, then they're not interested, you know, so it gets a little frustrating. Absolutely. If you're not, you know, indie rock, honky tonk, uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of like watered down soul. I'm not going to call it watered down soul, but it's just a lot of commercially viable, mm-hmm. you know, fun blues music that's flowing out mm-hmm. of Austin. That's what we're known for. And that's when people want to stick by. That's what's safe. Mm-hmm. But I'll give you one example here in Austin, um, you know, of an artist that totally blew up outside of this town. Um, have you heard of the band Mr. Kitty? Yeah, but we're not talking we, about Mr. Kitty. We, we shouldn't get into, <laughs> okay. you know, what's happened since. But, you know, they're a gothtronica. And that's on hiatus right now due to some, you know, sexual, um, you know, the, um, accusations from a minor that came out. Um, so 
we may not be seeing Mr. Kitty anymore or anytime soon, but at one time, you know, they were getting millions of streams in Russia and Eastern Europe. They would go on tour. They would yeah, headline and sell out. And then you'd go see them at Elysium. Yep. And, you know, I there's, played shows with them. <laughs> there's 10 people in the crowd yeah. and you're just and like. And it's because they're not getting played on local radio mm-hmm. and they're not getting local press. I mean, I feel the same way about like Bronze Whale, who are really popular on, you know, Spotify, who get no. I mean, I don't see them getting a lot of love locally. Um um, like Missio, you know, they they pieced out. It's it, Austin. People live here and then they go, they leave because of that. So and then later they want to claim, oh, that's Austin's band. You know, and it's like, well, you didn't really support them at the beginning. Um, I don't know. It is it is it is interesting to me. And also it's like the same five people every day that I hear. And I'm like, I get it. I, and they're a lot of them are my friends and I love them. But it's you know, people want to people want to hear new music. They want to hear good music. It's totally possible for a human being to listen to hip hop and then country and then pop and then rock. I'm to, I, that's what playlists are. And that's what we do all the time now in this world that we live in now. There's no like genre. People don't really listen based on genres anymore. Right. Everything is like so playlist oriented and single oriented. People are totally capable of of listening to this hip hop song and then listening to the country song. They're totally capable of it. I wish they would give people more credit. For the ability to to you know enjoy all different sorts of music. Yeah, I think we're heading that direction. I think a yeah. lot of people just want to play it safe, mm-hmm. you know. And right now in the music industry, especially with venues here in town and just everybody's in Struggle City, yeah. So everybody's playing it safe, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, if I can get Black Pumas or mm-hmm. you know Walker Lugans or mm-hmm. you know some of these names that have been around here for a while, yeah. It's like we're going to stick with that. We're not yeah. going to throw out somebody that may or may not have their fan Listen, base. you're going to do what I want. <laughs> Trust me. It's just a matter of time. You can do it the easy way or the hard way. Look into her eyes when she's talking. Easy way or the hard way. When I was on American Idol, they told me I made too much eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were right. <laughs> and that's why I lost. <laughs> that's why I lost. Too much eye contact. No, they said I was tainted. But we that's a story for another day. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. What does that even mean? Um, well, when collaborations come up, I noticed that you'd done something with Time Cop 1984, and that ended up being a little bit of a debacle mm-hmm. um, as far as that collaboration, because he's a famous synthwave synth outrunner, um, definitely up there with yeah. you know some of these other guys. Time, um, the Midnight. Know, yeah, the Midnight. FM 84. Uh, gunship. Gunships. I live in this world. I could like name a thousand different synthwave people. I don't really make synthwave particularly, um, but I make retro pop music. And so I get kind of lumped in with synthwave and that's where I found a, a mm-hmm. fan base. Um, but yeah, we did a song. We could, we is a loose term. I wrote and produced and recorded a song and he, he uh, put his name on it. And then it was just a whole... <laughs> Do you want me to get into it? No, nah, you don't okay. have to if it's going to you know, cause trauma. Um, but it, was, it sounds like it was a bad experience in which he kind of took advantage of yeah. how the publishing came out or just yeah. how, you know. Yeah, the credits, the credits were wrong. He featured me on my own song. Long story short, I went along with it, but it was because I had nothing. I mean, I was like mm-hmm. desperate. So it, I felt like I had to kind of go along with it. And then when I asked him to fix it, he wouldn't. And then so then I exposed him damn expose him and now time anyway, cops got in my jail. song back <laughs> yeah i got my song back and um and it's fine now uh, people people do talk about it a lot it's like a big synth wave drama you know Word. It's like oh wow thing. yeah yeah and people were like uh, him you know there were there's like team time cop team primo i even have team primo t-shirts available for sale uh, primo the alien dot, uh, dot dot com people would like they got to that in primo did yeah yeah it got it got pretty intense. That's fighting on the streets right there. Where mm-hmm. is he based out of? The nether, uh He's in the Netherlands. Oh, yeah. He's Dutch. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. So if if you you talked about people have to leave Austin to kind of you know find their wings for certain mm-hmm. styles of music. Mm-hmm. If you were on the launching pad of Primo um, and you thought Austin just wasn't it, like where would that move be? Miami, New York? Are you going out of the country? Well, I, I, I used to live in New I went to school in New York and I used to live there and love New York. But I think like where 
this sort of where things are now or is maybe like L.A. But I don't need to leave. I can fly. play. You know, this is a good home base for me. I can travel and do what I need to do. It's just I just wish, you know, I just want my it's that thing. It's stupid. I want validation from my hometown. I want my, you know, everybody wants love from their hometown. So that I wouldn't leave for, you know, because I don't think you can outgrow a city if you just with these, you know, these days, well, we can't travel that much with COVID, but in the future when we can just like fly, get a Airbnb or whatever, you know? Yeah. I like Austin. You're going to have to make it work here. Yeah. I like being here. I have a home here. My family's in Texas, my earth family. Nice. Well, we absolutely need you here as well to (laughs) fortify the sound that has not taken off here. And, you know, to go back to, you know, cinema influencing music, John Carpenter was pretty instrumental in getting Synthwave, Mm -hmm. you know, into his music. Let me tell y'all, Synthwave people love some John Carpenter. They love, there's people, a lot of people's last name, like fake last names are Carpenter, you know, they're artist names. Big, a lot of big John Carpenter fans in Synthwave. And the movie Drive, oh God. That movie Drive? Yeah, that launched a thousand ships. That's their like Bible. That's their (laughs) don't shit talk it, don't say anything about Drive. Everybody's got their Scorpio jackets. They legit, like every day in these synthwave groups, somebody will be like, has anyone ever seen Drive? And it's like, yeah, they've all seen it a thousand times. (laughs) They're obsessed. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, he doesn't, you know, who's who's the main actor in it again? Um, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling says yeah. maybe three words the whole yeah. movie. I think it's a good movie. I mean, I just, yeah. it's crazy how much these people love this movie. I mean, like, well, it's like the end all be all. It was like a 90 minute music video. Yeah, that's what it was. You know, yeah. you just hear a real human Kav- being. Kavinsky or whatever his name is. Right, He's, Night Call. Night Call. That was the one that just started it all. I mean, they love Night Call. And a real human being. A real human being. Yeah. <laughs> That, see, I could never make that hero. I, see, I got, this is going to sound so fucked up, <laughs> but I, I shouldn't even say this, but that song is so bad. <laughs> it's just not good. Like, it's not a well-written song. We got a hot opinion. I like I'm it. I'm sorry. It's not a well-written song. I think the production is good, and that made it okay. And I guess it's like that. La, 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 la. I'm an innocuous, benign person who will never challenge anything you think. It's okay. Everything's fine. I think that's where the movie comes in and sold it. Mm -hmm. It's like maybe on its face it would totally suck. But Mm -hmm. with the movie, everybody just kind of like, oh, my God, I think this is like. chorus. God, it's so, you guys, like, I could never write a song like that. I would. That's the chorus, really? Yeah. A real and a real hero. Man, it's crazy. It doesn't rhyme. It doesn't really make... It's like three notes. You're right on the money, though. I mean, dissecting that song, it doesn't have a lot going for it. it's bad. It's a bad song. But But sometimes you put that... You put the visual, you put the production, you put all that stuff together. Because it is. People, you know, you have to remember that it's not just the song. It's the performance. It's the... It's the visual. It's the whole package. What movie would we remake to bring your music to the forefront and to, you know, crystallize some Nacho Libre. No, um, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Not sc- I don't know. I think, I think a weird, like, I would like a Cronenberg-esque sort of trippy movie about, I'm, well, I, I can't talk about what a movie it would be because maybe I'm making one. Maybe I'm writing one. Maybe I'm already in the process. Yeah, we don't know? want to break any NDAs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get you get you canceled My out of big Hollywood deal before. With, yeah, Scorsese. <laughs> uh, you know Scorsese. That's cool. Old Scorsese. Old Scorsese. Yeah. He's definitely going to be doing a synthwave movie anytime <laughs> now, just featuring Joe Pesci and Bobby D. Yeah. Um, but if if you were to go ahead and and create a cult of Primo the Alien, hmm. um, what aesthetic would it, would it just be Primo as Primo is? Would you wear your leotard and just dance power anthems um, to indoctrinate your people? It would be or, lots of fog machines. Mm-hmm. There's a film grain on everything. Oversaturation of color. Um, the I think, you know, I think the vibe is just being yourself, being an individual, being confident, 
Um, I think that's the, I think the whole, like if you could boil down Primo to a word, it's just like confidence, you know, unabashed confidence. Absolutely. And it, it exudes yeah. from your imagery. I mean, some people say egotistical, some people say, you know, self-absorbed. Yeah. But I like to say, yeah, unabashed confidence. <laughs> <laughs> um, humility just doesn't work out when it's it comes like, to power pop. Like, what are you going to do? we've, we've seen that. Bashful while you're in. Yeah. It's boring. I save it for my shower cries. You know, I'm, I'm humble. And when I sob in the shower, I can't do that out in public. But if you were called on stage by a certain artist, who would make you the most nervous to go duet with? No one would make me nervous to duet with them. Um, I'm not, I don't have no nerves about performing or singing or anything. I mean, people that I would, that I would really like, Ooh, that's cool. Like, you know, like I'm a Ariana Grande. I'm such a fan of her voice. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of really big singers anymore. You know, she's like such a great singer, like contemporary people. I love Lady Gaga. Of course, people will sometimes say, compare me to Lady Gaga as an insult. And I'm always like you, it's like the most wonderful compliment. Really? So that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why would they insult you with that? I don't know. Isn't it? Every, every opinions, music, you yeah. know, we all have a different, some people live and die by dream pop. Me, I could, I could leave it, you know, yeah. I don't need it. Yeah. We're all different. But Lady Gaga is a punchline. That's just ruthless. She's, it's, she's a great, amazing, beautiful diva woman. Yeah. Um, I would equate you closer to like, I get a lot of Robin vibes because Robin, Robin. Yeah. 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 Robin, Robin in the workout room is just like, mm-hmm. I'm sweating, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's feeling her breakup pain. Um, a lot of people don't know the old Robin either. Now I grew up on Robin. Do you really want me? Am I really special? I loved Robin with Royksop is one of my favorite bands, hands down. And Robin was, was part of that for a little mm-hmm. while. And she, they did a lot of songs together, but I guess... I guess I would be late on Robin because I didn't get into her solo stuff until Dancing on My Own came out. Oh, see, I used to have that original album that had all the jams on it. It was just hit after hit after hit after hit. And we listened to it. My friends and I listened to it all the time. Any, if you talk to any girl who's like 30 years old, they're going to be like, running around with your cheap talk, cheap talk, yeah. Ooh, can we just do a Robin covers album? Oh my God. I love, I mean, honestly, I could cover all those songs and I feel like no one would know them. Like no, no, no one under, you know, yeah, a certain age would, I could definitely pass them off as primo songs at this point. Well, people need to bring it back. I mean, a lot of these contemporary dream pop bands try to reference, you know, their predecessors. You have mm-hmm. Beach House and M83. Um, they kind of, you know, take their own twist and turns on that. And then, you know, you can say that some of the psychedelic pop and MGMT, Cigarettes After Sex, Beach Fossils, were all these bands, you know, take a note from Dream Pop, but nobody's really sticking to, you know, the original kind of Cocteau, um, Cocteau Twins, late 80s, early 90s vibe. So... That is coming on. You gotta, uh, you know, if you're gonna bring something back, you gotta, you gotta, you can't like 100% bite it. You gotta bring it back with some extra flavor and your own flavor and your own thing. I personally don't, I'm not a fan of like listening to something and trying to emulate it. Mm -hmm. Just do the things that make you feel good and, you know, make your own genre that people will talk about one day, right? And it all works out. Yeah. Um, Can we bring up Miley Cyrus covering? Heaven or she Las really, Vegas. She really leaned into that hair style, you know. It looks very Joe Dirt. I don't know. It looks very Vegas. Like, welcome it to is. Vegas. It is very Vegas, yeah. <laughs> but it looks like her in, like, 20 years. Not like her now, but, you know, whatever. She's rocking. So she's trying to, you know, teach her fan base, which is mm-hmm. typically under 30s. Yeah. These are the cocktails. And she says, we just missed it before, but she's like, y'all don't know what this song is. You probably won't care. But here it is, like she's some yeah, savior. Like she for, fucking learned it two weeks right. ago when someone suggested her sing it. Exactly. Doing the old. One of my assistants was playing this in the SUV when I got in, so I was just like, maybe I'll cover this for my set. But you can't. <laughs> um, can't deny the voice though. 
And The Weeknd also sampled Cocteau Twins on his new remix album. So oh, The Weeknd's very divisive in synthwave. Yeah, I don't because, I don't see why the latest album Because is they're like making synthwave, but they're not saying anything about synthwave. So there's two reasons people want them to pay they want they they want The Weeknd to say this is synthwave. And then half of them don't want don't bite synthwave yeah. and you're going to ruin the genre blah blah. blah. Yeah, it's like a whole thing. That's crazy. Do what you feel. That's not it is synthwave. But it's, it's whatever. Also just Who the fucking weekend. cares, yeah. yo? Y'all didn't invent a fucking sixteen-note bass harp, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really didn't. In fact, it's it's ironic considering synthwave is just a bite of the '80s. Like y'all are just copying the '80s. So why are you mad? Somebody's copying you. Absolutely. Also, he's never heard of you. He's not copying you. He's making what he's doing what they're doing, which is doing making '80s sounds. You know? Yeah. We can cut Miley. Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. Love ya. See ya, sis. Um, where where did where did all these fights take place on Reddit or oh God, they take place all over Twitter, Facebook groups. There's a lot of synthwave Facebook groups. I mean, I personally am out. I pieced. I said bye, y'all. I, Primo is out. Um, it's a good mental but they, health move. But they 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 pop, pop anytime the weekend puts out a new song, somebody starts posting about it. You know, oh, this is synthwave. Oh, this is synthwave. It's like to be on, to be fair. I promise. I I truly believe that they're just doing organically what Synthwave did was they're listening to songs that are retro and they're incorporating those sounds into their into their music which is, you know, I don't think they heard someone with 500 monthly listeners on Spotify's, you know, track they just put out and copied it. Right. You know, I don't think that's the case. I think they're doing exactly what that person did which was hear an 80s sound and put it in their song. Yeah. You know? Nobody's investing a ton of time just to rip off an unknown artist. I mean, it happens, but I don't think in this case, I don't think that's the case this time. Yeah. Props to the weekend though. He, you know, got snubbed at the Grammys and then took it out on all of them at the Super Bowl by investing, I think it was 10 million of, of his own money to, to blow it out yeah. for the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm a fan of, of his. I think his music is great. Um, I'm into it. I dig it. I dig. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's a little dystopian. I don't know. Have you seen his music videos for the latest singles that have come out where he's... I don't know what the on, latest singles are. He's, um, you know, like Heartless. It's a... Every one of his singles, he did a video in Las Vegas and I've they're all... I've seen a couple of them, but yeah, yeah. It's all featuring him kind of drugged out in like mm-hmm. a dystopian, yeah. super, um, you know, just crazy Vegas setup. But anyway, I thought... You know, those music videos absolutely crushed it. And The weekend is on fire. Yeah. Um, and has been through this pandemic. But with your experience in pandemic, it seems like you've definitely gotten your ducks in a row as far as what's next. And here's the music that's coming out. Yes. And you mentioned that you have another side project. I do. So, yeah, the pandemic, I worked the whole time. I mean, it, it was, it was busy for me. I grew so much. I went from like, I don't know, I had like 5,000 monthly listeners when it started. And by the end I have, I don't know, I had 75, not that long ago, but now it's like down to 50,000. But you know, I, I, I blew up, you know, in my small scale during the pandemic, just putting out music, just regularly putting out music. It, you know, live shows are like a fun indulgence. I think at this point now, you know, the pandemic is proof that it's really all about consistent, consistently releasing music and promoting it online, you know? Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I, I did grow a lot and I put out a lot of songs. I think I put out like, I think I put out like 12 singles or something last, last year or something crazy like that. Um, and then I, I, you know, made a double EP released that in May and yeah, I have a new side project called Kevin KVN with two other Austin artists, Dossie and um, Lady Hartwing, who used to be the lead singer of um, Shy Beast. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we just put out our first single called High and Low. We have a new single that'll be out soon called Burn the Breeze. And uh, we have a residency booked in November, every Wednesday in November at Mohawk. Is that just going to be a mind-melting show? I just think of you and Dossie on stage. It's going to be a sweat fest. And yeah, it's funny. We all mind-melting. We all already. So I play bass for Dossie in her band, and then MC Lady Hartwing plays keys for me in my band, and then we have this. I'm like we're just always together all the time. So it just kind of was like one of those natural. We're best friends, and we thought this will be fun. It's kind of just like a fun passion project. 
Um, that's also a lot of work. Yeah, it's like until it's <laughs> like, not. Uh, yeah, it's a lot takes of work. Over We're all your side projects. Yeah, yeah. That always happens with a side project. You're like, oh, it's for fun, and then by the end of it, you're like, oh my god, what did I do? Did we just create um, a super group? Yeah, it's so fun though. We have we have a blast. We we actually just did a photo shoot, and the whole time we I mean, I don't think anything's even usable. We're just <laughs> laughing the whole time. Nice. Yeah. So. And as far as releases go, so you said you've recorded stuff for Kevin. Um, yeah, we okay. have a, we, we just released a single for that. And then we have another one coming out soon. It's getting mixed and mastered right now. Um, we have several songs in the works and, um, should be out this fall. Awesome. Stuff, Kevin stuff. Yeah. And you can find Kevin at kevinrules.com, I believe KVN Kevin rules. And then, um, primo stuff. I'm just finishing. Well, not finishing. I'm in the midst of an album working on an album right now. So most of the songs written. Production starting, just did vocals yesterday for a song. And I mean, that's why my voice was like starting. I sang all day yesterday. Some little, <clears throat> it's a little reedy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you got to be, scr- I was screaming a lot yesterday, man, doing ad libs. It's rough. It's the worst. I dread it. Like all the other stuff is so easy. And then I get to those ad libs and I'm like, just Lord, what am part. I going to do this time? Well, Cause you don't know what you're going to do. So you got to scream a lot over the top of the song, just vibe and see what comes out. <laughs> and then you got, once you get it, then you got to get it right and all that stuff. Anyway. So yeah, I'm recording, um, a new album and I mean, this one is going to be different. It's got acoustic guitars in it, man. Like shit's wild up That's in crazy. here. That's crazy. You're talking about analog synths and acoustics. Yes. And if KUTX doesn't play me <laughs> with a goddamn acoustic guitar, then I don't know what else to do. I fucking give up. Okay. I give up. That's all I can say. <laughs> We put the fucking acoustics in here for you, you motherfuckers. If you guys don't see exactly, Give if me you some don't airplay. let me get on the radio with that one, I don't know what to say. Give me some airplay, goddammit. Yeah. Well, is there any? Um, you said you have a residency at the Mohawk that's yeah. coming up. Yeah. Any other shows that we should tune into? You know, I pick up stuff here and there, but the main thing people can do is go listen to me on Spotify. It's hard to find me because I'm Primo the Alien, but on Spotify I'm Primo, and then unfortunately somebody uploaded a song for a compilation album under Primo the Alien and fucked it up. So it created a Primo the Alien page. So now it just has this one song on it called Sexual Safari of all things. Where it says Primo not the alien. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not my, I have like the, the head picture is like, this is not Primo's page just to give people off of it. Anyway, if you want to find my music you can, on Spotify, you just do Primo, do it again. If you type that in, that's one of my songs. Primo, do it again on Spotify, Apple Music, all the things you can find my music that way. And also on Bandcamp, if you want to get a Team Primo shirt, um, PrimoTheAlien.bandcamp.com merch, all that kind of stuff. Because fuck Time Cop. Yeah, fuck that bitch. I'm not getting a time a more pro like time, time cop. Okay, more like <laughs> more like clock dick. Time Time Cop 1980 sucks. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, we made up, I guess, so it's fine. I'm just joking, Yordi. Just a joke. It's fine. We're cool. Sort and of. we just rehashed it, baby. Yeah, no. Twitter, rehashed Reddit's it. going wild. I literally wild. wouldn't even talk about it. He rehashed it recently, so I feel like I am allowed now. He opened the he opened the door. Shouldn't have done it. And he ain't gonna win. Shouldn't have done it, bitch. Not now, with me. Now Primo's got two bad Primo bitches behind her. Primo keeps receipts. Yeah. Primo, Primo keeps receipts. Okay. <laughs> Primo's also got Kevin backing her up. Yeah, now, got so Kevin. The fuck you gonna do? Yeah. And <laughs> out in Timbuktu, bitch. Yeah, you know, Amsterdam. Come find me. The Hog. Yeah. <laughs> wherever you at. Um, but thanks for coming on the but show. Wait, I really am joking. Like, we, I, I'm kidding. <laughs> We're cool. We're fine. We ain't starting shit. Yeah, but not we are. Shit. But we are. Um, but I really appreciate you coming on the Music Fringe and talking a little bit about Dream Pop. Thank you. I feel like and we didn't talk about Dream Pop that much, but it's fine. We didn't. We didn't touch on it as much. You as got a lot of notes. And I'm pretty maybe sure maybe we, we not should. Um, yeah, these notes are just really dumb questions to Let ask me look you, at which it. I didn't get into. Um, You've got. Let's see this. What are your favorite songs to do math to? Ooh, with any religious figure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have QAnon. <laughs> are Alex you into QAnon core? What is QAnon core? It's just Alex like, Jones and oh, crying. It's like we're turning the tides, guy. Arr, we're getting then, down, 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 down. Bill I Gates. I don't see my kids. Bill Gates vaccine. Sing, sing. What sing, if this sing. said something bad about me on here? Yeah, Let's find like, out. Do not bring. Don't up. ask her about Time Cop. Yeah, do not bring up her last single. Okay, this all looks above board to me. Okay, great. Um, okay, yep, yeah. Just don't looks flip to good. that last page. Looks or good. I just shit on Coining. you relentlessly. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> gotcha moments. Like, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And then it says, you know. But we can, you know, we can jump into what's your favorite song to listen to on Math Another Time. Because oh, damn it. at the Music Fringe, we'll continue to jump into more micro genres. And luckily, people just keep pumping them out. So mm-hmm. we will keep covering them as long as you nerds, nerds keep creating them. Yeah, I'll be here every week. <laughs> that would be awesome. But <laughs> I don't know if we could afford you. Um, but yeah, thanks again. And check out Kevin at Residency at the Mohawk here in Austin. And then also go to Primo the Alien Spotify. Primo, do it again. Primo, do it again. Just Spotify. Spotify. Boom. Get those, boost those numbers, baby. And get sweating in the gym to those tracks. You know, find the girl or guy that you've been creepily eyeing down for the past year. Turn up some Primo and go talk to her while you're sweating. And when you are rejected, you'll at least still have some of the dopamine serotonin from the music flowing. Yeah, through. when you're rejected, walk away. Okay, just leave. I do not advocate for stalking someone for a year. Yeah, hovering just, hovering while sweating is not a look. Just walk away and it's a loss. But uh, thanks again for coming on. Thanks and for having me. That is the music fringe. La musique française. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.